the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. They'll talk about the demon alcohol, the demon pornography. It's not not like that. But what you need to understand is he is a real enemy. You are his enemy. He is after you. And he has put together a whole system and even tainted the good gifts that God has given us in this fallen world to try to corrupt them, to bend you and to bend your thinking towards being as vulnerable as you can be for him and his predations. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past you've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible with you Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are blessed and honored that you've chosen to spend time with us today, and we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's program, Pastor Keith continues our study from the Gospel of Matthew entitled, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. So if you have your Bibles... Please return with us to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful, Lord. And as we seek to honor you, Lord, you honor honor our efforts and you buttress them and you strengthen them. And Lord, you change lives and eternities, Father. Prayer is a powerful privilege and, and weapon and tool that you have given us, Lord, to relate to you and to serve you, and in so doing, serving others. And so teach us to pray, Father, that we may be those who bring glory to you, good to others, and growth to ourselves, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. This is Teach Us to Pray, part six. If you're joining us today, We are at the sixth week of a six-week series on prayer, and what we've been learning is how to pray. And most of us probably already know how to do that, but what we are looking at here are the six petitions and what some people call the Lord's Prayer, or some people call it the Model Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer. And we've been understanding how to apply each of those petitions to our prayer life. The first statement, the first 
statement is an affirmation, really. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, which reminds us that we have access to God. And he's, he's our Father. We have an intimate relationship with him. And when Jesus says, pray like this, the assumption is, is that we're going to pray and that we're going to pray to our Father with whom we have close contact. And then the following petitions are instructive. They remind us that when it says, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we are affirming that his will is our priority. And what we have through all of this is Christ giving us a prescription for talking to the Father. Sometimes there are esteemed or important individuals sometimes they're intimidating we don't know what to say or how to go about approaching them and God himself through Christ is telling us how and showing us the way it's a heartfelt prayer it's a prayer of intimacy it's a prayer of relationship and you may remember years ago some of you maybe had those uh, paint by the number things where you take different color paints and you have the little lines, the little numbers, and you paint within them. Well, the model prayer isn't exactly like that, but there is a similarity in that Christ has given us this outline, uh, this uh, framework for prayer, and we color in our own individual needs within that outline. We fill in our own details. Christ has given us this guideline for talking to God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, you are my Father. I want to talk to you. I want to honor you. I want to respect you. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Help me, Lord, to make your will my priority in the workplace, in the home, on the street, in my life. You know, we fill it all in. As Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will, Father, but your will. Give us this day our daily bread. Father, I am tired today. I'm weary of being weary. Give me the strength I need to accomplish your will, to live for you each inch of every day starting today. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Father, I did X, Y, and Z. I I have no excuses to make, Father. I don't deserve your love, but please forgive me for what I've done. Please forgive me for being impatient with this person. Please forgive me for neglecting time with you. As we also have forgiven our debtors, you know, the forgiving heart, the forgiven heart is the forgiving heart. Father, help me to be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving others as you have forgiven me. And then this continues on through all these expressions of dependence and reliance upon God. And we come to this and lead us not into temptation. And we talked about this last week. You know, God leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, as we know from the 23rd Psalm. But sometimes, as we've discussed, those paths of righteousness go through difficult times of trial and testing. Sometimes they lead through a deep, dark valley. And often, we take the opportunity to grow and turn it into an opportunity for sin. And so when we say, lead us not into temptation... What we're really talking about, as we explained last week, is Father, protect us from ourselves. Protect me from me. Protect me from my own inclinations to do things my way and not your way. And then you come to the last half of that, which is, and deliver us from evil. 
Some translations, the NIV actually says, deliver us from the evil one. And what we're doing here is acknowledging our need for protection from ourselves. Uh, the, two, the two enemies that we have are us and Satan sometimes. You know, because we tend to sometimes take our eyes off of God and give in to the wrong things. It's a choice we make. And, uh, and at times, too, we are attacked by the devil. Now, admittedly, there are those who blame the devil for everything in their lives. They talk about the demon of lying or the demon of alcohol or the demon of, of this or the demon of that. You know, these are choices we make. The, the, the devil and his demons can't make us do anything as believers that we wouldn't do in and of our own free will. But what Satan is and why we do pray for protection from him is that he is a master of circumstance. He's smarter than we are. He's stronger than we are. He's wiser, yes, wiser than we are. He is more merciless than anyone or anything we can imagine, more hateful than we can conceive of. And all too often, too, he's as beautiful as he is deceptive. Which brings us to today's petition. And lead us not into temptation, but instead deliver us from evil. And in the translation of this into English, uh, there's, there is the the in the Greek, and deliver us from the evil, or some translations say the evil one. And while there's some disagreement among some grammarians over how this should be translated or interpreted, let me just point this out to you. You remember when we studied Revelation, bright, shiny objects that distract us away from the whole discourse? This is something like that. What we have here, it does say deliver us from the evil. And there is an idea that it is Satan. And I believe that is a correct interpretation. But what we need to do is to understand this. We need to understand, we need, and I want to frame our conversation today around two conclusions that we draw from the text or two realities. And that is we need to understand our need for protection and we need to recognize the identity of our only protector. And so whether it is the evil or the evil one, we need to understand that we need protection and that God is our protector. And the other thing that comes through in the text is this. The concept of the evil can speak to the world system or the evil that Satan orchestrates or Satan himself and here's where our culture sometimes is too sophisticated for its own good. Right now, there, I, I just read there was a study where nine in 10 Americans believe in God, God of some kind. Only seven in 10, or actually it's like 6.9, but who's counting, right? We round to seven, believe in the devil and hell. So more people believe in God and fewer people believe in the devil. Which brings me to a quote by the French poet and French drama critic Charles Baudelaire in which he quipped, the greatest trick the devil has ever pulled is convincing the world that he didn't exist. And this is a tragic miscalculation on our part as believers, certainly as the, for the unbeliever as well. And it has, brings with it equally tragic consequences. Another writer later quipped, Satan's second greatest trick was convincing people that he's a nice guy 
that he's just misunderstood. And this is increasingly what you see more and more in popular culture. And this is also a tragic miscalculation. He's not somebody who's misunderstood. He's not somebody who can be reasoned with. But when you look at the pictures or the images of Satan in popular culture, you see this range, this continuum of miscalculations. The first is that he's sinister, which is true. You have this sinister figure with horns and he's in the dark and he's terrifying and all these kind of things. The second one is he's almost like a comic book character. He's got a little red jumpsuit on or tights and a little pitchfork and cloven hooves and horns and all this stuff. And, you know, that's not it either. The third one is, I mentioned it to you earlier, is that he's beautiful and that he's just misunderstood. And you see this in the uh, popular Netflix series uh, Lucifer, where Satan is this, he's an angel, he's a fallen angel, but he's really just kind of a misunderstood postmodern guy who means well and sometimes his, his, his lesser nature gets the better of him. Now, ironically, uh, this picture is probably closer to the truth in that he is not red, he does not have horns, and he's probably very beautiful, very attractive. But he is sinister. He is deadly. And to misunderstand the nature of our enemy, the devil, of your opponent is to underestimate your peril on at least two levels. The first level is your vulnerability to sin on your own, if given half the chance. And the second is the constant threat that we live under in a fallen world by the forces of darkness. And so with this, we come back to our petition and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This petition is a safeguard against presumption and a false sense of security and self-sufficiency. Martin Luther commented that we cannot help but being exposed to assaults, but we must pray that we may not fall and perish under them. Another one, another writer said this, as our dear Lord prayed for us in his great intercessory prayer, we want at all costs to be kept from the evil one. And that's how Jesus prayed in John 17, 5. So what I'd like to do here is to ask out loud the rhetorical question and to conduct sort of a survey or a profile. So what do we know and what can we know about the devil? So what I want to do is to give you today as we think of and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the devil, protect us from ourselves and protect us from the devil, We want to understand the devil a little bit better and understand our necessity to pray for protection pretty much without ceasing day in and day out. And the first thing I want you to understand about the devil is he's got great propaganda. You know, we live in an age of disinformation. We saw some samples with those slides just then. But the devil is great at propaganda, great at deception, great at disinformation. And we get a hint of that in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen and 15. And no wonder, Paul writes, for the, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And so it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Satan is a master of disguise. He's a master of camouflage. Jesus warned about this in Matthew 24, 24 in the Olivet Discourse. He writes, 
For false Christs and false prophets will arise and provide great signs and wonders so as to lead, if possible, even the elect. So Satan is real. He's cagey. He's deceitful. He's better than competent. He is skilled at deception, skilled at camouflage, skilled of, uh, at, at, at disguising himself. And add to that is he is a predator. He is ferocious. He is like an animal looking to feed on God's sheep. I mean, the rest of the world he has under his control. But he wants you. And we read about this in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. It says, be sober-minded, be clear-headed, be sane, be watchful, be mindful, be on guard. Why? Your adversary, your adversary, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Satan wants to devour Christians. And whether you struggle directly with Satan or one of his demons or some part of the world system that he created, we need to understand that we are at war. Now, there's not a devil behind every bush. And, you know, today people like to blame that the devil made me do it. And they'll talk about the demon alcohol, the demon pornography. It's not, it's not like that. But what you need to understand is he is a real enemy. You are his enemy. He is after you. And he has put together a whole system and even tainted the good gifts that God has given us in this fallen world to try to corrupt them, to bend you and to bend your thinking towards being as vulnerable as you can be for him and his predations. We look at Ephesians 6, 11 and 12, the spirit, great spiritual warfare passage. And it says here, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And the word schemes there means strategies. And then it goes on to say, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And what it's talking about there too, as much as it is a direct attack, is a system that has been set into motion to deceive you, to divert you away from God's care and service. We wrestle against the devil and a system. And there in there is a system of thought and the schemes of the devil. I mean, think about the whole armor of God. You have the helmet of salvation. What does that guard? Your head. The breastplate of righteousness guards your heart. The head was considered the seat of the conscience, the heart, the seat of emotions. You have the shield of faith, which protects your whole body. And what you begin to recognize here is the battlefield just isn't the physical battlefield, it's the battlefield of ideas. It's the battlefield of your mind and heart. It's the way you think. And every institution, the authorities and the powers, from government to media to an educational system, wittingly or unwittingly, is in his service. He is, as the Bible tells us, the God of this world. 
And he is this lion looking for you to wander from the fold so he can pounce. 1 John 5.19 reminds us that the whole world lies under his power. And 2 Corinthians 4.4 tells us that the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. See, he's got them. What he wants is your, is you. And you can't outsmart him. You're not, nobody's that smart. You can't overpower him because he's strong. He's crafty. He's cagey. He's deadly. He's vicious. He's murderous. Jesus, speaking to the Jewish leaders, comments on Satan's character as he challenges them and, and their sin. And in John eight forty four, we read this. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. And listen to this characterization. He was a murderer from the beginning. Cain murdered Abel, right? And has nothing to do with the truth. What did he say to Eve? Has God really said? Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. That is who you're up against. There is no negotiation. There is no cutting a truce with him. He, is, he hates human beings. He hates Christ's followers. He's been a murderer from the beginning. And we have to be careful, on guard, not ignorant of his designs, but mindful. Because there is no one who is not vulnerable to him. From a man after God's own heart like David to the apostle Peter who swore he would never abandon Christ. We read in 1 Chronicles 21, 11, then Satan stood against Israel and incited David to number Israel. He incited a man after God's own heart, David, to number Israel, which had to do with uh, making Israel sort of his personal dictatorship, not relying on the tribal elders to govern their people. He incited David. And in Luke 22, 31 to 32, we read this. Jesus speaking to Simon Peter. Simon, Simon, behold, look, Satan has demanded to have you. He has demanded to have you. The New American Standard says demanded permission. That he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned, strengthen your brothers. Now you think about that, you know, Elliot just read a scripture before the, before the preaching part of the service started about the triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. This is Palm Sunday. And the people shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus came in riding on the foal of the donkey, surrounded by his disciples, who in a week's time would flee and leave him abandoned. And who Peter, who said, I'll never, I'd give my life for you, to which Jesus said, will you give your life for me, Peter? I tell you, before the cock crows three times, you will deny me. Before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. We are vulnerable if we try to do things in our own strength. There is none of us who will not succumb to his tricks if we, if we try to be independent of God's church, of God's people, of God's will, of God's way, if we let our guard down. And so we read, protect us from ourselves, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil speaks to two realities. The necessity of God's protection, that we need protection from the evil one, and the necessity of depending upon the right protector. So with this in mind, I want to draw two conclusions from 
but deliver us from evil. And the first one is this. Understand your need for for protection. You need protection. I need protection. Deliver us. It's not deliver that guy over there. Us is the, you know, is the plural first person like we, us. The petition gets back to a need, a plea, to an acknowledgement of our independence, of the weakness of our flesh, that there can be no confidence in ourselves, in our education, in our experience. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408-269-4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener-supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.